This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodwind and you are tuned into the pre-match show Cambridge Away edition available every week on podcast audio and video. And joining me as always is Garth. I mean, Seb. Um, evening, Seb. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. Party on, Wayne. We've um, <laughs> been running around like crazy people, both of us with Wi-Fi issues. Isn't, and, isn't technology great when it works and when it goes wrong it uh yeah it sends the heart racing a little bit sometimes doesn't it yeah so just in time to reset routers and all that so apologies in advance if there are any technical difficulties tonight great to see all of you joining us along hello from further afield from around the corner wherever you are we want to hear from you tonight good evening to charlie um mw evening all cards on the table 2-1 ipswich tomorrow so says my cambridge Season ticket holder work colleague that would do nicely. I quite agree with that. Good evening, FPL tractor. Good evening to Skip Schwing. Um, good morning, all from Brisbane. Good day, Michael. Always lovely to have you with us. And Gary's with us as well. Hello to Gary on Facebook. FPL tractors noticed the shirt. The great presumably, time, presumably in honor, presumably, yeah, yeah, the laces make it, don't they? I guess in honor of the fact it was the one we were wearing last time we beat them, presumably. Yes, competitively, and just because it's a brilliant shirt, yeah, isn't it? It, so, it, is, it is the greatest, isn't it? Yeah, the goat, uh, as the kids call it. Evening to Andreas, good evening to Sebastian, Sebas, we should say, evening to EJ, evening to Ben, all the big names, Josh, Will, great to have you all with us. Thank you for lending us your Friday evening. We will impart some wisdom. We will hopefully have some interactive discussion. We will hopefully stay on the Wi-Fi as well, which will be even better. <laughs> um, we will do some Football 101. I am shooting. I'm swinging for the fences today, Seb. I am, I'm going all guns blazing with my Room 101 on, okay. to mark should, your should, return. Should I be I, worried? You should be. Well, you lost last week, didn't you? Mikey beat you last week. I, so you, you, you're like a wounded animal, aren't you? 
<laughs> yeah, I am. Um, evening to Jules. Hi to Jules. Great to see you with us. Um, love Simon Milton wearing that shirt. Yeah, which player do you think of when you think of this shirt, guys? I always think you want me up with my my favourite player and Mickey Stockwell maybe as well. Um, even it's Eric. Who's your? Who's who do you think of apart from Chris, me? Chris Kawambia. He was yeah. uh, when I was in the Junior Blues. I had the signed picture of him, and yeah, love a goal scorer. Always love a goal scorer. Ian Marshall, latterly as well. Um, Shall we um, jump on to some news? And um, in our customary way, we'll um, give a mention to ITFC women who had another th- a victory at the weekend. I think we've we may have mentioned. It. I, I may be confusing conversations i've had with other people at naked footy so apologies if it feels like we're repeating ourselves uh, a 3-0 win over mk very tough game that one um, mk very um competitive was the words um and i've definitely said that at least three times uh, the news this week though drawn against title rivals southampton in the fa women's national league cup um so that will be exciting are you expecting similar to graham and i Seb, secret squirrel team selection. Yeah, you would have thought so. You're not going to show your hand, are you? We've got the, 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 the first league game. Is, is it December? The first league game against them. Oh, and then obviously we've got the... They've, they've moved it at the end of the season. It was the final game. But is it now the penultimate game of the season? It's the last I... home game of the season, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so you know, you're not going to want to want to show your hand before those two, two shootouts, are you? And um, I saw this week you've become a, a member of the... A uh, fully flown member of the, of the women's... The, the following group, whatever it is, haven't you? Yeah, the True Blues has been confirmed... Um, which you can do too on the website. Um, have a have a look at that. Um, it's a minimum donation of a five a month, which means if you get to a, a home game at least it's once, it pays for itself. Pays so for itself, yeah. It's a really great thing to support the team, and we've got more news about supporting the women's team next week. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Spoiler alert. And we must just say as well, Joe Sheehan's phenomenal win yeah. percentage. It was his 50th game, wasn't it? And he's won 39, which is absolutely incredible. You know, we get excited managers with a a 40 to 45% win ratio. And he must be in the, I'm not very good at maths, but I'm guessing the high, high 70s. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What, a, what an incredible achievement. Yeah. What an incredible achievement. Really, really, yeah. you know, big congratulations to him. And fingers crossed for many more where that mm. came from too. Back to the men's team. And along what we've been, I, I don't know whether you're in the same boat as me, Seb, but you usually try to avoid siding with me when it comes to positions on Ipswich Town, but you might be supportive of this one. Um, Peter Reid's um, it's can be confirmed as a consultant, not a coach or an assistant manager, but confirmed um, appointment as a consultant. Worked with Cook for three years at Wigan. He's a great guy in the footballing world. You really find someone who's respected as Peter Reid, not just as a footballer, but also what he's done as a manager. There you go. Cook is right. I was, I was hoping it was going to make an, an, an appearance tonight. He's got. A, a, News like this, the the Scouse Mafia, the the Scouse coaching, yeah, and and there's kind of an adjacent Scouse to yourself, Seb. Um, what do you make of this news? Yeah, good. I mean, I guess it's a, a halfway house, isn't it? We all assumed he'd go for an assistant manager. We all know Richardson fell through in the summer, and you know John McGreal seems to be there week in week out. We kind of thought, are they going to make him an offer, especially after some of the defensive frailties we've seen so far this season? But but Peter Reid coming in, even in an advisory role, I guess can only be a good thing. It's not overly exciting, is it? But you know he's got such such good football experience. We, we all remember him from his time at Sunderland. Um, but I didn't realise he was England under twenty one manager for like four years, and he's He's managed at Leeds and Coventry and when stuff. So he's a. Uh, when was the under 21s? 
after he left Sunderland, it's like nineteen okay. nine. It's like uh, two thousand and three or something. Um, so yeah, so you know, he's, he's, he comes with an absolute wealth of experience, and if he can be that that sounding board and and maybe be the one that Cook might turn to, we've spoken in the past about the the inexperience of what sat behind him on a match day. So if Peter Reid is sat up in the in the director's box watching things and can get in touch with with him during games, or whatever, it, it can only be a good thing, can't it? And when uh, we've seen how well they work together at Wigan, and if they can replicate some of that, then you know we're we're going to be laughing. Your thoughts on Peter Reid complimenting or or bringing something that we don't necessarily have? I think perhaps the criticism of the appointment, and, and there's not much, you know, the, you, Peter Reid's been around for a long time, and I, th- I think generally it's a supportive thing. I guess his defensive now maybe isn't well known. He might be, but his sides um, weren't that. weren't that he, he always struck me as quite a pragmatic manager, wasn't he? I, I don't remember. His sides, it was, it was a long ball to Niall Quinn to knock down for, for Kevin Phillips, wasn't it? So you'd like to think potentially he will bring that bit of defensive nous to what is a, a an attacking um, backroom staff, isn't it? So, you know, like I said, if he can if he can bring a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of insight, he's going to be well respected straight away, given what he's achieved in the game by the by the players and I guess the coaching staff. And if he can if he can just do a, a, a little bit incremental gains, then then we should be in a good place. Incremental gains. I like that phrase. Um, Reed himself said, and these are quotes from I follow via TWTD. I'm not going to do the accent. Anywhere I can help, I will. And hopefully my experience should bring something new to the setup. If there's something I think will help, then I'm never afraid to say it. And I've really enjoyed working with Paul in the past. And that's what you need, isn't it? You need someone to challenge your manager. That's what a good assistant manager does is they're, they're prepared to step up and challenge the manager rather than just be a simple yes man. So you'd like to think he'll deliver on what he said there and it, it will make a bit of a difference. Because right, Cook must feel on his own have. sometimes. You know, Craig said it before, where, where Craig sits, he can look along the, the touchline and he says quite often Cook looks very isolated out there, doesn't he? You know, the, the backroom staff, I guess, uh, are inexperienced and they're not constantly with him in his ear and stuff. So maybe Reed, not, not so much on a match day, but maybe Peter Reed can give him that stuff on a, on a debrief throughout the week. I quite like that he's sitting up in the director's box as well. I liked how Paul Jewell used... Um, Paul Jewell, bloody hell. Joe Royal... <laughs> Used yeah. to there's more scouts mafia there. Uh, sat upstairs, didn't he, for the first half? For the so first half, wasn't it? Yeah. Going on. I quite like that. So if P- Peter is seeing things going on systemically or tactically, then I quite like that intel as well. So um, good luck to Peter Reed, and hopefully he can make a valid contribution. Um, let's catch up with some comments. Um, FPR Tractor talking about the community trust announcement. We have to hold some news back, FPR Tractor. So um, it will be on the flagship that we'll talk about that. But very briefly, Seb positive the, the names that have have been announced absolutely. today Chapman yeah and absolutely Mahaland. yeah absolutely great to see natasha involved you know from the women's the women's side of it maholland maholland obviously maholland maholland uh, maholland absolute legend so you know it was a travesty when it was disbanded under evans a few years ago you know and uh with these people at the helm i really really think it can really do some good in the community again yeah we'll talk more about that on the flagship um ej did jason deserve wear that show yeah he did First season in the Premier League before he went off to Spurs, and that broke my young heart when that happened. That was the first time I experienced the pain of a top player leaving Ipswich to go to Spurs, which happened about six years later when Tariko did exactly the same. Uh, FBO Tractor, I think, of John Walk in that kit from the Sky Advert live and kicking it. Oh, I've tweeted that video a million times, but FBO Tractor, if it helps with the memories, I can do this for you if that helps. There you go. That will, if, if you know, you know. That's one for the um the nineties kids. Um, evening <laughs> to Stuart, Michael, Thunder, 
blasters from 30 yards from Thompson. In this shirt, I'm not so sure, but certainly in the white shirt away at Pompey in the first season back in the Prem, I can remember that. So if I've missed one, Michael, do stick us something in the in the chat there. Ben's enjoying the two-tone PC accent. I'd try my best. Uh, is he going to be Paul Cook's no man rather than a younger Co- the, the younger coaches, yes, man. Yeah, I think that's your point. Isn't that's it? what that's what we think. Yeah, I mean, he's got that wealth of experience, and, and hopefully, he'll be the sounding board. Um, I've done two out of the three Paul Cook voices. I, <laughs> I, I need to you need to help me out, EJ, with the other one. I, I, I guess where where where's my range? Um, Eric, you'll, you'll have to do a whole show in the voice one week. No, a whole hour show in the voice. No, thanks. I, I'm happy to do a whole show holding a cup of coffee. Um, okay. But I can't. I'm not sure I can sustain it. Um, EJ remembering. He um, definitely got Kevin Phillips to sign in the car park at Portman Road at yep. Sunderland. Um, so that's some revenge <laughs> needed there. Um, I like the read appointment, says FBL Tractor, essentially that assistant manager. A few of us felt was important in all but name. Yeah, great shout. Charlie D, great men- a good mentor, great move by the club. Um, and lots of stuff in the chat that I'm not going to put up there, but um, I can see that and I appreciate it. Uh, will he run out with Paul Cook before the flex come out? I love the idea that they might hold hands, Eric, and run out together skipping, but <laughs> never know. Uh, Jules, now with Peter coming aboard, we now officially have, yeah, we are now, the nickname is the Scousers. We need to go with that. Keep that accent going, Rich. I will do my best for you, Jules. Finishing off the last few bits of news um, before we start thinking ahead to Cambridge. Uh, the FA, I, I, this is definitely, an, was an option I was, kicking around for football room 101 Seb but I I can't it you it wouldn't have logistically it's not possible it's the first round draw of the FA Cup it's still weird isn't it that we're involved in it it doesn't it just doesn't feel right I mean you know we had it a couple of years ago on our what we thought would be a one-year tour and it was a bit novel I guess winning away at Lincoln with a a late goal from Alan Judge or an injury whatever it was uh, extra time goal from Alan Judge but it just it's not right is it you don't want to get excited about an FA Cup draw in October no, and I remember going to the first round tie against Lincoln at home because we drew with them one all and then took them and they had a replay where Judge scored that that goal you talked about. And I was in corporate, which was lovely. And John Walk was the the compare, and he was just utterly depressed, bemused, frustrated that the club was playing in the first round. Yeah, it's, it's not right. Cup. It's Yeah, I, I know other clubs might call it an arrogance, but, you know, it, it's it's not right in the slightest, is it? And we were looking, weren't we, in the green room before we came on at some of the potential ties, and there, there wasn't that much that was exciting. And knowing us, it's going to end up being Fleetwood away or Plymouth away or something, isn't it? It's not going to be never... and It's never anything exciting. It's just a hindrance. No, who... Any, any your local sides in there, aren't they? Wrexham, yeah. I, I don't know if Chester is still in it. Wrexham is still in it. That'd be quite good. We could go and see the Ryan Reynolds revolution in the flesh. Uh, they've had Marine. a bit of a poor. They've had a poor start to the season, not not, not going as they expected. So that'll be a nice one for me to get to. But but it won't be, will it? We know what we do. It will be Sunderland or Gillingham. somebody. It'll be yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably given how much we play them these days, it'll be something like that. Maybe Cole U. I guess that could be a bit a bit exciting, maybe. But but it's 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 just going to be a, a hindrance at the end of the day. I think the game is played at the start of November. So we, if it's Cole U, we'd play them in the Twice Pizza in, Cup yeah. and then we'd play them in the FA. Cup. Uh, the draw, if you want to watch it, is on ITV1 at 1.05pm, very specifically, but it won't start at 1.05. It'll probably start at about half past one, having had 15 minutes of preamble that no one gives a crap about. Uh, don't don't take that to the bank because they might just do it very quickly and then have it done. 
I wonder who they'll get in to do the draw because they, they reserve the bigger ones for later on in the rounds, don't yeah. they? It won't be Gianluca Vialli or something. No, it's not going to be top draw, is it? So AFC Sudbury, I think, is is the local interest, which I don't know whether we'd be slightly scared of what that might be or not. But, uh, yeah, it'll be someone crap. But anyway, we'll talk about that um, at the, during next week's coverage, live show or next week's pre-match, I'm sure, about who we draw there. Uh, I've got some pre-match quotes for you. Certainly the accents I need to be a little bit more sparing with here. Does anyone have any good FA Cup memories? Do we remember my first ever match was an FA Cup match against it- Liverpool in the FA Cup? Um, so I've got a, you know, partially good memories of the FA Cup. Is anyone out there? Surely someone's got a good memory of the FA Cup. They want to they want to share with the group. Get them let's, in the comments, yeah. Who, who's had a good... Who, you, I guess you'll show your age to a certain degree, but feel free to get your, get your comments in there about who's actually enjoyed an FA Cup tie. Will's going for Wolves on a return of Stephen Ward. There you go. Um, Shudder from Charlie yeah. D there. Uh, for Before the last few years, our most FA Cup round one game was against... What's that? Before the last two years, our most recent... So before we were... The last time, I guess, we would have played. Oh, I see. We got relegated to League One. would have been Hastings United. Yes, I understand. Yeah, oh, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, Will, the only FA Cup I've been to... Yeah, that's Southampton. Oh, yeah. you, you, you went to that, didn't you? You were at that one. Oh, I thought you were, okay. But then didn't the replay arguably mess up that season because we lost McGoldrick and Heim in the replay? We did. We? we went big. And, and I just mm. remember the game was on BBC, wasn't it, live? Which was and weird because McCarthy was never... Bitching about it all day. Like, yeah, all and, and McCarthy never went big in the in the cups, did he? And that year he did it, and we lose McGoldrick, and potentially, I guess, it had an impact to the rest of that season. Skip, no FA Cup reason I've been following <laughs> thirty-five years. Um, MW, yeah, it was Man United ninety-eight. That was um, eighty-eight. Sorry, that was on BBC, I think, as well. Might have been live. And I think was it two-one MW to help us out with the score there. Little bit before our time, but I'm aware of it. Um, Jack, I can remember two FA Cup wins, Lincoln and Lambert and Blackpool under Keane. Wow, we oh, are... yeah, I think Owen Garvin scored, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, is, that is literally it, isn't it? Because every year we just had that crazy record where we didn't win two for one. about 10, 10, 12 years in the in the third round. 2 1. Thank you, MW. Yeah, keep the FA Cup memories coming in. I'm sure there are some good ones in there. I just don't know why we don't start in the second round. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that's one for another day. Tony Humes there from BB scored the goal against Man United. Love it. Do some pre-match stuff. Or should, let's go into the next section of the show, shall we? We are talking about Cambridge. We are getting ourselves informed and knowledgeable before the East Anglian derby tomorrow. No, it's not a. <laughs> it's not a derby. Stop, <laughs> stop trolling. <laughs> Full Cook went big on it, didn't he? I know he did. Yeah, I bragging rights. Was, yeah, treated no. GIF saying false. It's not an East Anglian derby. Whatever no. anyone says, this is, and it's not because. We, we we think we're bigger than we are. It's because it isn't. This isn't a fixture that matters in, in the grand pantheon of derbies. It just just stop trying to concoct a derby where there is no rivalry. Yeah. It's adjacent, and that's as that's as much it is. It's, you know, Cole Hughes in the East Anglian derby. I, I just about accept that, but no, not Cambridge. I, I, I saw somebody put on Twitter earlier saying that we're actually to the mile closer to the uh, the London Stadium, so you could you could describe West Ham as a, a closer derby than you could uh, Cambridge, so yeah, it's, it's not a derby, despite them all trying to big it up in the some of the media outlets and the pre-match press conference, it's it's not. Someone we haven't heard too much um, from, whose form, early season form, came into question, was goalkeeper Aladki, who's given us some quotes um, this week pretty much some interesting stuff here and very easy for us as football fans 
to forget that these are human beings um, and the mistakes are, you know, are not deliberate and there are things happening outside people's lives that we just can't see. He talked about um, we've had big improvement, obviously see a group of new lads. So it takes time. The important thing is that everyone can see the improvement, better results, and I'm sure we can continue to get better. And then he says, for me, there were lots of things going on because my wife gave birth to our son. It was a big move for me from Manchester, especially with a new member of the family. To be honest, it was all a bit of a rush, but I'm settled in now and enjoying my football. I can focus totally on myself and my performances now. And that's that's the human stuff that said sometimes as football fans we forget about, isn't it? We do, don't we? You know, we we live in a world of instant gratification, so we expect these guys to come in. We all get excited when we sign new players. If they don't hit the ground running instantly, we're you know straight away we're we're writing people off or casting aspersions. You know, we need to remember that, especially for Hladky, he was the only one that made a step up, wasn't he? Everyone else was either a League One signing or coming down from the championship. So, you know, for him, he's taken this massive, this massive step up in his professional career. He's had to move halfway across the country whilst his wife is uh, either given birth or, 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 or just recently given birth. And yeah, you, you do have to cut these guys some slack sometimes. And, he, and what he says there has been perfectly translated to on the pitch because the last few games, I mean, he had no chance with the, the Wally goal last weekend and all the Sheffield Wednesday goal. And he seems to be now sort of settling down a little bit. So yeah, fair play to him. We do, we do sometimes cast people off too easily, don't we? And we do have to remember that they have the same issues and the same pressures that we have. Yeah. On to Paul Cook. And there's a really thorough interview with um, Haladki, if you want to read that um, on TWTD in, in terms of Cook and what he's got to say and whether uh, Bursant Selena comes back in. We'll just keep... Oh, no, I can't. I need to get the... I need to that get was the all right. That back. was all right. Go on. We just keep our cards close to our chest. I think that's the best one so far. We've got an extremely strong squad. I think competition for places is there for everyone to see. Personally, as a manager, I've always felt competition should always drive performance up. I think that's a real key ingredient to what good clubs have, that you fear for your place. The debate about Ipswich, this, thank you. I'm taking my bows from the gallery. I can hear the applause in the comments, yeah. I thought that was probably the best one I've done. Modest. This is an interesting change because... I think sometimes Cook has been a little bit forthcoming with certain bits of information. There's also some information about injuries. Um, the, the, uh, I'm not going to do the accent this time. The reality is that I'm not, I'm not going to speak about the injuries and the squads. Um, these press conferences are what they are. We want to give Cambridge the utmost respect. They've done great after promotion last year. And that's around Walton and Coulson. I don't, I'm not going to use Coulson's first name because I forget what it is. Um, but I quite like that we're being a little bit cryptic. But if I was to press you, Seb, on whether you think Selena comes in, does Selena come in? Um, on paper, yes, because he probably is the most gifted member of the squad. However, there's two factors that come into play there that we don't know how he's going to be after. He didn't play the first game, did he, for in the international break? But he played the second no, one. The second, so I yeah. guess we don't know how he's going to be in terms of, uh, of travel weary coming back. And also the position he plays, number 10, you know, Connor Chaplin in the last two games, albeit one being a, uh, a pizza cup tie, has kind of set down a marker there. He's done really, really well, hasn't he? So I guess Scott Fraser potentially will be the unlucky man to drop out if Selena does come back in and we might see Selena slightly out further wide. But I'm going to stick my neck out and think he'll be on the bench tomorrow, personally. I think he'll yeah. keep the Burns-Chaplin-Fraser uh, three behind behind Macaulay-Bond because I, I just think, you know, there's, there's no reason to change that. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Just skipping through some more comments. FPL Tractor is not a derby, but I understand why Cook said it is because the players need to match their passion. And, and I think 
Skip compliments that it will be a derby for Cambridge. I think that's fair. That'll be massive for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raring to go. We need it. to be very careful. It's their biggest game of the season by far. Sell out, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think that's fair in terms of the dynamic of the match itself rather than necessarily building something up around it, perhaps. So that's definitely it. EJ, similar thoughts. Cup final for Cambridge. And it'll be a cracking atmosphere, won't it? We're taking two and a half thousand, aren't we? So, you know, we've both been to, to Cambridge in the past. It's a, it's a tight little ground, so the atmosphere will be absolutely superb. Um, huge game for Cambridge, says Eric. They will run till they drop. Um, agree with that. Jules has got great FA Cup memories all in black and white. <laughs> uh, were you there on in 78, Jules? I, I don't want to dare suggest your age, uh, but if you were, let us know any interesting thoughts about 78. That's the that's the kind of tip top. Maybe you're too young for that. I thought you were in your 30s, Jules, when I heard you on Naked Footy. So um, there you go. I've, I swung that back, I think. Uh, I think Andreas is happy with... I think this is the, the Paul Cook impression. This is the content I'm here for, says Andreas. Mike Yarwood would says Skip. It's a reference. I don't understand Skip. skip. That's, uh, um, FBI tractor saw a ladkey walking out of the ground at Darfur. was picked up by a woman in a nice car. I wonder if they're heading back north as it wasn't with the team. Interesting. Um, I don't know if I've just got him in trouble there. Uh, Eric, brilliant, Rich. I thought it was in with a nice shot. There we go. So the Paul Cook impression definitely has some legs. In respect of Cambridge, let's start talking about Cambridge. Seb, do you want to tell us their situation right now? Yeah. Where so they stand? I, yeah. So as we, as we stand, they're 16th in the league. So they're a couple of places behind us, but only on goal difference, I think, aren't they? So they've had a, uh, a, mixed, a, a mixed bag to the start of the season. You know, I guess there will be favourites to be relegated given they've only just come back up from League Two. Um, but they've, uh, you know, they've played 10 like we have, obviously, won three, drawn four, lost three. So, you know, pretty, pretty consistent across all the categories. Uh, scored 14 goals, conceded 16, um, but only one win in their last five games. Um, so of the, of the games they've played, they've played six at home out of the 10 games. One, two, drawn two, lost two. So, um, you know, we, we need to be beating teams like this, let's be honest. You know, this needs to be uh, the start of some real momentum. We saw it at Shrewsbury last week. I wasn't there, but if you read all the all the reports and stuff, it sounded like a bit of a, a bit of a meh victory. However, it doesn't matter how you get them as long as you start ticking these wins away. And, uh, and that's what we need tomorrow, given where they are in the league. Yeah, interesting situation for them. They finished 16th in the COVID curtailed League Two's campaign, and then their promotion last season, second place, automatic came as a little bit of a surprise. They're back in the third tier for the first time in almost twenty years. Um, tell us about their manager, Mark Bonner. It's an interesting story, this, isn't it? It is, yeah. So former season ticket holder, he, he gets a job there in two thousand and eleven in an academy role, and then he kind of does various roles whilst whilst, whilst being at the club. But then he gets his chance as a as, as a caretaker manager in the eighteen nineteen season, just before they appoint Colin Calderwood. He then gets the role again after they sack Colin Calderwood. Does okay in January two thousand and uh, and and twenty, and they they keep him on. He gets uh, appointed permanently in March two thousand and twenty, and then he goes and gets promoted from the league the, the second year. So it's a really great story. You know, he's Cambridge sort of through and through. And it's a great story of somebody who's been at the club for ages, you know, done his done his hard work, shall we say, and then he's been rewarded for his efforts. So it's a, it's, it's a really good story, I think. Yeah, Cambridge born, as you say, and I mean, this is a dr the dream of all of us as football fans, yeah. isn't it? I mean, he's been so, quite self-deprecating and explaining that he got the job because Cambridge are kind of shopping in Audi for their managers. Um, but he's had a really excellent, you know, progression through. Um, it's very difficult, I think, sometimes for non-footballers to get their messages heard but he's mm. he's a third tier manager and you know it's gonna as you said it's gonna be a struggle this season but definitely credit to him 
for getting them where they are. Well, nobody would have expected about... it, would they? they no. You know, that, that promotion last year came out of nowhere, so he'll have such credit in the bank because, you know, I'm guessing at the start of last season, they were probably hoping to finish sort of 10th to 12th in, in League Two. So that promotion, you know, came out of nowhere. So he'll have some real, real credit amongst the fans. They'll see him as one of their own and, uh, and hopefully they'll stick with him regardless of what happens this season. Um, two bits of information here on our on our little chart here. Captain is Paul Digby. He Diggers. Of Diggers, yeah, now moved up to midfield, which is an interesting situation. We'll explain why that is shortly. Um, last time out, 2-0 defeat to Gillingham. Last time out against Ipswich, we talked about this at the start, hence the shirts. A 2-0 win for Ipswich at the Abbey Stadium. In a, in the, This is the point where the League Cup, I think it's the first or second round, uh, you had, it was two legs rather than the one leg and extra time. So we won something like 3-1, I think, at Portman Road. Steve Whitten scored a long ranger. It's on ITFC Goal Machine. If you were looking on my Twitter, um, you can find all of the goals, uh, along with Kiwomir's, um second goal in that, in that game there. Um, so we'll talk about Digby and how he fits in with their system shortly. In terms of business in the summer and some key bits and pieces of information, the name up there, Je- um, Seb, Jack Lancaster, that's that's the headline for us really, isn't it? Yeah, obviously we, we were expecting him to play, but the manager came out yesterday. It might be mind games. It might be smoke and mirrors, but he did say he'd picked up a knock. He didn't start the season, did he? I think he was still nursing that injury that curtailed his season last year. Well, we didn't see him from, I think it was February time onwards when Cook took charge. But um, yeah, it doesn't sound like he's going to be available. It was a bit of a strange one when he left. You know, at the, at the time he left, we'd only signed, I think we were up to Raheem Harper. So I think we bought in Burns, Evans and Harper. So I remember when he left, I kind of thought, hmm, that might come back to bite us a little bit. Uh, but obviously, when you then see the the calibre of the players that we sign, you start to think, like, okay, fine, he, he wouldn't have got a look in. But he was a player that I always I always liked for Ipswich. He just couldn't really kick on from those two nasty injuries. Could he had a really bad back injury um, and second year. I can't remember what the second injury was. But we all had quite high hopes for him when we got relegated down to League One. We kind of thought, you know, he'll be playing on the right, cutting in on his on his left foot. But But it just never happened, did it? No, and, and he's never had a run of games, and that's what no. what Bonner tells Mark Bonner tells the Cambridge Press. He just needs to get a run, a run of games, a run of training. Timing's been difficult for him at the moment to get to his peak. Um, so we do wish Jack well, mm. um, and he would want to be playing and sending a message out. I'm sure tomorrow, and as you say, it might be mind games, and he might he might make an appearance, but he hasn't really made a huge amount of a contribution so far. Three appearances, only one of those a start. And no goals, no assists, but definitely a player there, isn't there? So, yeah, definitely. But you know, I guess in a minute we'll come on to the uh, the player that might be playing in his position tomorrow. That could be our old uh, our old friend. Yeah, more on him shortly. The other player that I've singled out in respect of transfer business, if eight eight signings in, two of those loans is George Williams, who signed from Bristol Rovers, uh, replacing the high rated Kyle Noel Noyle, I think it is Kyle Noyle, who joined Doncaster on a free transfer. Williams definitely making a very important attacking contribution from right back, where a lot of the chances come. You'll talk about that. You're about to say something, Seb. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you said attacking contribution, but also I was reading in one of the Cambridge forums doing a bit of research. He's cleared the ball off the line three times for them this season as well. So he's got a knack of being in the right place. He's got two assists so far this season, but he's got a knack of being at the right place at both ends of the pitch as well. Quite a few chunky... Uh, another player that's come in who I've, I know... Probably from football manager Connor Masterson online from QPR, probably the most high profile of their signings. And even then, that's not a, a big name for, for most of us. Uh, coming in at centre back and has played most of their games as well. In respect to the departures, a name that's probably known all to all of us is 
James Norwood's chauffeur, uh, Paul Mullen, um, after a record-breaking goal-scoring tally for Cambridge last season, Seb, has joined your local team. Joined the Ryan Reynolds revolution. Yeah, I mean, Christ, what, what does it say when a, an, a conference side can offer a three-year deal that's more appealing than a League One side? I guess it just shows the project that they're trying to, to build up there. He started okay up there. He's got, a, he's got a few goals. They're not doing how they expected to be doing at this point in the season, but he, he himself has started okay. And that must be an absolutely huge loss. You know, going up a, a league, you'd be counting on him to offer you 12, 15 goals maybe this season and make that step up. So losing him was a big, big blow for them. I think we, we were kind of linked a little bit, if I remember rightly, with him a couple of times in the past, probably more so before the takeover, you know, when we were shop, sort of shopping in the, 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 with all due respect, in the the lower kind of Aldi kind of bucket, shall we say. Um, but there was a, a train of thought that he might be able to do a job for us. Yeah, and, and his goals were certainly vital mm. in that promotion run. And the good thing, I guess, with them is someone else has stepped into the breach you'll talk about in a second. But from an attacking perspective, in, in terms of style of play and 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 here we go, Michael. Thank you for the question. What is Cambridge's style of play? Long ball, free kicks, corners, long throwing, uh, long throws, a passing game. They don't create too many chances, do they? And and that is borne out by one and a half goals scored yeah. per game, eight and a half shots per game, three on target, five. You know, it's fourth forty three point nine percent possession is then is that one of the, amongst the lowest in in the division yeah they're happy to sit back and let you have the ball aren't they then they'll look to they play a lot of crosses a lot of their play will come out wide with the two full backs you've got Irondale Irondale on the on the left back position and Williams we've just spoken about on the right back position and they will look to get crosses in the box all day for Ironside and it, it and it seems to me that you've noted here that they try long shots as well so it, it does feel they, it's they, the football they, manager, isn't it? Shoot on sight when you've got the yeah. tactics in front of you and you can press that option to shoot on sight, which makes it looks like. sense if you're a Cambridge, isn't it? And yeah. they are slow starters to game. This is a stat that I found. They've no goals in the first 15th in the no goals before the first 15 minutes of any of their matches so far, which of three. And um, they've only scored the first goal in their matches about um, 27% of the time. I don't know how that equates to matches. Um, but typically they are sl- slow starting and concede typically first. And... and you've got you've got to hope with the way we start games at the moment, you know, if we can get one goal or a couple of early goals early on, you know, it could absolutely shatter their confidence. If if if, if they know that they're not great when they go behind, then you know, this is a real chance for us to improve the goal difference a little bit, but certainly get a, a strong start to the game, we could really look to put it to better. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, 
you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Early. Yeah, 3.2 shots per game on average on target is the second worst in the league. So then they are not creating the high XG chances to use that phrase. The formation and the personnel has been a little bit, there are some consistent selections in there, but do you want to mention he who shouldn't be named? Talk about (laughs) his, his influence. We were kind of all hoping he'd be injured. He's had a chest injury for the last few games, but it looks like we're about to be reunited with our former friend from up the road, uh, Wes Houlihan, 39 years old now. He's missed the last three or four games. It's not, too, it's not too late for us. Yeah, if we if we can get a contract next summer, we can still uh, emulate his success. Um, yeah, went there, uh, did all right last season, started 30 games and got, I think, seven goals and nine assists. This year, like I say, he's missed the last few games, but he's still started five out of the 10. And critically, he's got four assists in those five games so it would suggest he still knows how to uh how to hurt teams and it was just things still go through him uh on the pitch and 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 we know he's going to be so up for this you know he's an absolute hero up in Norwich he will want to do absolutely everything to wind our fans up and he will really really look to look to hurt us and he probably will because it's us so you know I will come to the predictions later but I have I have predicted they will score and I would not be surprised in the slightest if he is the man to get that goal this is what it's like to curse someone with greatness, Seb. So I look forward at Brown S08 if you want to abuse Seb after tomorrow. Well, as long as we win, it's fine. It's when you give away the opposition and then we lose or draw games. So as long as we win, it doesn't matter if we're right with the predictions. It's uh, it, it's, it's when you, you ruin things and curse us that we can... Uh, we can I didn't get anything right last week, by the way. So maybe, I've, maybe the curse is broken. In terms of formation, we were debating... Yeah, so yeah, four five one looks to be what they've kind of settled with. They're the two sitters in midfield, one of which is Digby, um, and they uh, that's what they've played sort of most. They played it four times this season and twice in the last three games. So I think that's how they'll set up. Um, do, do you agree with that? They played four four two a couple of times, but but it, surely it'll be Ironside as the lone striker. Uh, a solid midfield five with probably Houlihan slightly more advanced, if he starts more advanced than the likes of Riley and uh, and Digby, who will just sit in and mop, mop everything up. Yeah, I think if Houlihan's fit, they might they they have dabbled with four two three one, and I do think that possibly fits the personnel. And then they're also matching up like for like with us, um, and I I think that might work out quite well. But I do think it, I do think it will be one up front. Mm. Talk to me about um, Joe Ironside, a name that's probably not familiar to most people listening or watching. Yeah, so joined in 2020 from Macclesfield. He's uh, the, the the number nine. He's really good in the air, but he's only five foot nine. Um, so a bit of a bit of a Joe Garner, I think, in terms of aerial ability. Not the tallest, but a decent pedigree um, in the air. Started all ten games, so we assume he'll start tomorrow. Five goals so far this season, all from inside the box. So a bit of a poacher, a uh, bit of a journeyman. He came through at Sheffield United, but he's certainly their their main goal threat. Um, you know, he's he's the one we need to look out for. And the way they play with all those crosses coming in, the likes of Edmondson and Burgess will have to be strong in the air against him yeah talk to me about the the fullbacks I mean that the to me the back five pretty much including the keeper names it itself isn't it Mitov in yeah. goal 
uh, we, we think would be Idell left back, yeah. George Williams right back. Who, yeah. are, who I, they, I they'll quite be like. the two. That, yeah, they'll be the two that look to get forward and really, really put those crosses in all game long, which does leave them vulnerable to attacks down the wings. They're not great at defending down the wings, so you know we need the likes of Danassian and Burns to continue that relationship down the right and really, really to exploit the space, exploit the space. Sorry, if they get their uh, their fullbacks forward all game. And it's Masterson and, and Jones making up the other centre back positions. I mean, there, there's quite a consistent selection there. Then, if they do the four-five-one, which we probably think it's likely to be, Brophy is Brophy. I think can play anywhere down the left-hand side, so yeah. probably isn't too bad dropping in. If I, I'm going to call him Iredale, but it might be Iredale. Okay. Bombs on. I think they they might interchange a little bit. On the right, what are you thinking? I've not got a name for the right hand side. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Brophy could be Lancaster, couldn't it? Yeah, just going back to Brophy, he is a weird one. He's got all the all the attributes to be, you know, a really, really decent league league winger at this level. But he, his his end product is really poor. No goals, no assists so far this season. And I think the Cambridge fans are kind of screaming for him to add some end product to his game to to really make him a useful outlet and a useful weapon in this league. Yeah, I guess Lancaster is the one that should be on the other side in theory, cutting in. Um, they did play Wes Houlihan out wide in one of the games so far this season. So I wonder if they'll go for a more solid three in the middle and maybe look to put him out wide, but but he's not going to have the legs to get up and down all games. He's is he? not, no. That's going to be... Um, I'd love to see him on the right and Edwards Burn, on the left for us. Yeah, it burns up against him or something all game. That'd be brilliant, yeah. wouldn't it? And the, the, yeah, Digby in... I mean, you know what you want to get with Digby Diggers, in Diggers. midfield. He, he is not going to maraud forward for you, is he? But... So he'll sit there. He's, he'll be set. He's, he's their captain, isn't he? He'll sit there. He's played all games so far this season. Been booked uh, five times, so he loves the yellow card. So he'll be the one that sits deep in the in the Sam Morsey kind of role. I guess he would have learned from from Luke Hyam when he was here. He'll sit in that role. He won't do anything other than break the play up and look to release it to the to, 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 the, to the better attacking players in their side. I think generally my perception of Cambridge is there is a little bit of there's definitely, and I think I think their fans have admitted this as well. The level of quality in League One has has surprised them, and mm. teams who get a surprise promotion are generally, you know, get caught out, and and it might be that they end up getting relegated back down. They maybe not, a, a, you know, they've they've had some victories so far, but it does feel there's a bit, a bit of naivety, and I don't know whether that's tactical naiv- naivety or perhaps not being um, getting in the faces of their opposition. You know, they've only got two clean sheets, but they don't. I, I, this is a really bad metric, and it's the opposite of Shrewsbury, who we were talking about being quite in your face. Um, they don't foul too many times. Mm. They've got the lowest tackles per game. They generally are intercepting the ball rather than tackling back. They give away the least fouls in the division. It seems to me that... Dare we say they're not very streetwise, a, a term think, that we've used to ex- yeah. expl- to describe Ipswich quite a lot in the past. Are they lacking that. that nous, maybe, you know, that kind of experienced player that you might need at this level in, in central midfield to really sort of tick things over and uh, and be the one to make a cynical drag back on the halfway line when a side is a side is looking to break, you know, maybe they're lacking that. I do think so. And and if you're looking for Digby to do that, and is it O'Neill, the other sitter? The other sitter, midfield? yeah. Again, I, I just wonder whether they've got that, that. You know, they're certainly more defensively minded, but whether they're cute, I think, is the yeah. word I'd look for. Um, but it does appear to me, in terms of the style of play, back to Michael's question, is it's going to be attacking down the flanks? You're not going to get a huge amount of creativity, depending on the personnel. You know, they could bring in Shiloh Tracy, Adam May is someone who I quite like, more on him in a second. Uh, 
but it does feel like it'll be getting the ball out wide, won't it? And it'll be the crossing, yeah. as you say. And if yeah. they do take the lead, they're, they're good at protecting that lead. But it's, it's it, it doesn't feel like there's many excuses for Ipswich Town. No, said. The atmosphere need... might be one. And we've talked about that. The guys in the chat but, have, have mentioned that. But but they'll have great backing from our fans. You know, our fans, I, I'd bet our fans to make more noise than the, than the Cambridge fans tomorrow. So, you know, we can't have any excuses. It's now, what, mid-October. We really need to start going on a decent run of form. And with some of the games we've got coming up, the likes of Plymouth and Portsmouth away, starting from, from next Tuesday night, we really need to be picking up three points here to, to make the most of a three-game week. Get your predictions into the chat. We will do predictions Shortly, I'm going to skip through the chats that we've got at the moment, and then we've got a fact of the week from Seb, and I've got my player that I'm going to curse with brilliance. Jules' first game, 1972, when you were something like three years old or something, Jules, yeah? So Jules, yeah, that's um, some good times back there. Um, Michael wants Burns to born one minute after... One nil after ten minutes. Yeah, like fine. A good that, game that, plan, that rela- yeah, that relationship has worked really, really well. So why not? Charlie D makes a great point as well. Early goals, but then to keep that lead rather than fold instantly like we did last week would be good to see. And yeah, agreement there from Skip. Uh, he's going for a one-up front formation as well. Four-five-one, four-two-three-one. I think that's what it feels like to me. I think that's probably a good suggestion there. Um, Nathan is the other. Uh, uh, good day from Melbourne. Um, we need to get. Um, Brisbane and Melbourne, I know you're on the same coast, but probably quite a journey. But there's the Ipswich Town um, East Coast Supporters Branch meetings. We need to get them happening. Um, Tracy on the right wing for Cambridge, Seb. Does that ring any bell from your research? Uh, it doesn't, but yeah. he, he might I well come in. Yeah, yeah I, I think, I think he started two or three of the games out there on the wing. So, yeah, it could well be with Lancaster injured and Houlihan not having the legs to do it. He could well be the one to, to start out there. FPL tracks, there'll be plenty of Ipswich in the home ends, I'd have thought. Yeah, I think there might be Norwich in the home end as well. I think there were some Norwich fans crowing about getting of tickets. Course, well, of course, so. they'll want to see Hulahan score, won't they? And given they can't get, they can't sell out a 1500 um, allocation at Chelsea, or they they, they rejected 3000 seats yeah, at Bridge. Brilliant. So, um, brilliant. Good for them. So, yeah, don't forget, br- self funded, that's the important thing. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how many times you finish bottom of the Premier League with they play the game the right goal way. against records. Yeah, self-funded. Yeah. So, yeah, get your predictions in, folks. We are going to go through those very briefly. Firstly, though, um, let me curse someone's greatness first. No trick, is it? Knowledge, education, don't, you know. Yeah, my player to watch. The obvious ones are we've we've talked about Hulahan and Ironside, who. Sounds like an American detective cop show, doesn't it? Thingy. My player to that I it might be kind of on the downloads. Adam May for in central midfield, two goals for him so far. Um, an attacking threat there, ex Portsmouth. I quite like the look of him. He's he's not started every game. I think he's I think he might start the last few, but he's made an impact from the bench. So that would be someone maybe to keep an eye out for. Um, so there's there you Adam go. Place May. place your bets, everybody. I wouldn't. I think that's a bit of an out there. I'm going a bit niche this week. I'm going for the deep cuts this week. I was Let's... worried you were going to say Houlihan, but I appreciate no, how obvious it is. I was worried that would be that. Your, your curse. Hashtag blame Seb. Talking of Seb. Brilliant. 
You love it. Well, this one jumped out at me because obviously as football fans, we always kind of say, you know, oh, we've got the worst luck in the world and oh, it's such a painful experience watching our team. But we've got to spare some sympathy for Cambridge fans. In in the mid-1980s, being a Cambridge fan cannot have been very fun. In the 1983-84 season, they went 31 games without winning which was a new record at the time. It's since been equaled by Derby in the Premier League, but that was a record at the time. They got relegated, unsurprisingly, that season. And then the next year, they set another record by recording the record number of losses in a season of 33. So one season, they uh, went 31 games without a win. The second season, they lost 33 times. Across the two years, across the two seasons, they only won eight games. It was four in each season. And unsurprisingly, they got relegated to the old Division 4. So... You know, imagine being a Cambridge fan in the mid-80s. Good God, as we were just coming off the back of the of the UEFA Cup victory, our greatest era, and they saw four, eight, eight wins in, uh, in in two years of football. Shocking. Who wants to be a football fan, eh? Oh, <laughs> wow. Not enjoying that. That's a, that's more more research quality insight like that next week from, from Seb. Here come the predictions. Let's go through yours first. Uh, Seabass going for a 4-1. He's, he's very confident. Confidence, yeah. Gary's going for a 3-0 similar kind of scoreline there. Um, will be good for us. Our pace and attacking options will hurt them. Hopefully, yep. FPL tractor 2-0 Ipswich. Draw Tranmere in the cup. You wouldn't mind that. That'd be you? right. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, that that'll be okay. I'll do that one. We've had a fun day out in Tranmere that time a few years ago. That was good, wasn't it? Mm. 1-0 to town with Bon on the score sheet, says Andreas. 2-0 says Skip, Edwards and Edmondson going for the EDs. Like that one, Michael five two Ipswich, <laughs> Edwards to come on after about an hour and rip the Cambridge fullback a new one. Poor George Williams. Eric's going for a two nil. Eric Clacton with the best name on YouTube. Charlie's going for a one nil. Conservative there from Charlie. Alex for a two nil, and Jules is going for a three two. Goal fest at the Abbey Stadium. Seb, what say you? I think 3-1. I think we'll go 1-0 up. I think we'll go 2-0 up. We'll go 2-1. And then we'll win it with a 3-1 is what I'm going for. And I do think Houlihan's going to have a part to play in it. I said 3-1 on the Naked Footy Show with Graham midweek, available wherever you get your podcasts. I recommend that. I'm downgrading it to a 2-1. I do think we'll win. And I do think there's no excuses about a victory either, frankly, if we've got any ambitions to do something with this season. Uh, we need to be winning games like um, Cambridge. So I'm going for a 2-1, though. I do think it, I do think to the point the guys have made earlier about Cambridge being up for it, I do think that will be a factor. But I do think if we score early, which we have every opportunity to do, then I think we should be okay. Um, a couple more bits of comments. FPL Track, does anyone know whether women aren't playing? Because it's a small league, so can't play every... every I don't know what the... What that what that's about FPL track. So I'll do some digging and try to understand that. I'm not sure if it's because there's an might be an no, I was gonna say there's an odd number of teams in the division, but I'm not sure that's the case. We'll find out why. The Academy team is playing, by the way. Mm. They are playing Arsenal. Arsenal, aren't they? Yeah. So that's um worth it. That's interesting to see how they get on there. Um and also Skip, do you think Fraser Carroll might start next to Morsi as Cook? Gave Evans some stick from the bench. Last yeah, time. apparently Evans was then giving it back a little bit, wasn't he? So, you know, I, I think Evans is one of his trusted lieutenants on the pitch, isn't he? I think it'll be Evans and Morsey in, in, in central midfield. Carroll, we don't really know where he is with his rehab after this injury that he seems to be managing. Uh, and Fraser, I guess, is potentially going to be the unlucky man to drop out when the likes of Selina and Edwards are, are back fit and firing again. But, but I think, you know, given 
they're going to be going up against the likes of Digby and O'Neill. I think it'll be Evans and, and Morsey look to get stuck in tomorrow. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And maybe Helmazuni, though, ex-Cambridge. That might be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really good loans. Well, they scored that. that amazing free kick there, didn't he? In the, was that the season that was curtailed due to COVID? Yeah, it must have been. must yeah. have been the back end of that one. Yeah, really, really good loan spell. Yep. Let's do some plugs very briefly before we do Room 101. Um, the live show for midweek with Craig and Joe Bumper, special extended edition, given there was no football to talk about, is available in our usual places on our YouTube and our podcast feed. We also need to say congratulations to Bradley... Dawson, who won our FIFA 22 giveaway. Plenty of people got involved in that. Thank you if that was if you got involved in that. Um, and congratulations to Bradley, who also happened to be given a ticket for the game against Cambridge today as well. So good luck. Oh, wow. Okay, he's had a good day. Yeah, he needs to get himself a lottery ticket, doesn't he? So congrats to Bradley. And there will be other giveaways coming up. And we've got a few things in mind there. There's lots of stuff in the pipeline. Lots of irons in the fire to borrow a Jim Jordan-ism about transfer deals. Um, so there's some exciting stuff coming up on Blue Monday next few weeks. So do keep your eyes peeled in the usual places. We mentioned the flagship. That will be out Sunday evening because we're recording on Saturday. Um, we're recording Sunday morning. It'll be out Sunday evening. And we'll do the usual questions tweet at full time. So give us your thoughts and your questions for that. Let's do my favorite feature. <laughs> And it was a successful week. Mikey is off and running with scoring with away kit crimes last week. Although it was much closer than I thought. Mm. I'd, I'd stuck in programs over three quid, Seb. What? Yeah. I mean, my, it was my, a... Mikey's was the one to win that week, wasn't he? And I listened to the show and Mikey's was the one that jumped out straight away. So I, I'd have thought you'd done that being a kit aficionado like you are. But I, yeah, you know, I guess... I, I quite... I definitely am with him on where you where there's literally no need for it, mm. um, but I do like seeing away kits. It, yeah, I know. I think he's right, I, and I, as I said as much on the show, yeah. I think it was a good choice, and it probably would have come up between one of us, I'm sure, at some point anyway. So Mikey's done. I'm, well I'm just grateful it was less convoluted than the last time the two of you were on. When I it still was a bit not quick, entirely sure of who was trying to put what into room 101. It was a bit. Yeah, we were a bit slicker last time around. Um, as always, comments very welcome as we go on these ones. We will do the usual Twitter poll, which will be out Saturday morning um, onwards when we do the tweet with the um, podcast link in it. But we definitely want to hear from you guys as we speak. Um, Seb, do you want to go first or second? I'll go I'll go first because you've bigged yours up. So I'm expecting something cataclysmic from you. So I'll, I'll go first. So my one, I drove back up north. I was in Suffolk last weekend, drove back up north on the Saturday, got back and noticed the England game was on. So I thought, all right, okay, I'll uh, settle down for a couple of hours, grab a drink and watch it. And then I turned it on and we were playing Andorra and it was an England reserve team at best. And I was sat there thinking, what is the point of these games? Why do they bother? There's six uh, nations in the uh, in the World Cup qualifying groups. Why do we play the likes of Andorra and San Marino? What's the point? You know, by the end of the campaign, the qualifying campaign, I'm sure the aggregate score will be like 12 or 15 nil uh, against those sides. So, so what's the point in a in a in a COVID world of travel and quarantining? Why are we still bothering? Why don't those smaller sides play each other? 
to then qualify to get into the group stage or just just remove them altogether from the international calendar because you can't tell me anybody gets anything out of it and Dora don't like to I mean the one poor guy wasn't he 40 years old the <laughs> the left back for for Andorra facing Jaden Sancho you know what what do the Andorans get out of it what do the England reserves get out of it they must know that they're obviously you know Tammy Abraham scores but he knows he's not going to get past Harry Kane in the starting lineup and the whole thing to me just seemed to be a complete waste of everybody's time by all means obviously I would not rule out that I wouldn't get rid of the qualifying uh, structure as it is but I would reduce the number of teams and get rid of the more pointless ones you know the game against Hungary in midweek was a decent chance to see you know Southgate's experiment with an all-out attacking lineup but I would not put these lower the the, the, the lower inter- international minnows shall we call them get them out of the World Cup qualifying groups it doesn't do anybody any good and wow. by the time we get to the tournament, oh. when we get to the tournament, all we'll say is how tired that England are. And then you go back and look at games like these, which could have been removed. What, what's the point? Who benefits from them? So what are you, well, if you own a bar in Georgia or Andorra or the Faroe Islands, don't you want to get that, you know, get a million pounds of revenue from England fans before they smash it up? Most times you, know? you see it, they land at the airport, they march to the stadium and they march straight back again. So, nope, I'm not buying your argument to support the local economy. <laughs> I'm, uh, no, I'm saying international... But it improves those nations know- as well, doesn't it? Yeah, but but they always get they get absolutely whipped every time. It's always a five nil or a six nil or a four nil. You know, I don't think it does anybody any good. So my room 101 is pointless international qualifiers. Get rid of the minnows. Sorry. So r- rather than... Or, or why don't you give the big teams a buy? Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, okay, do that. Yeah, okay. We've sold it. We fixed it. Okay. Well, if you think, if you agree with Seb that watching England play San Marino and, and Andorra and Andorra yeah. is pointless, waste of, time. waste of time. We want to hear from you. I am going big this week, as I mentioned at the start, and this isn't without controversy. But I'm the more I think about it, the more I like it as an idea. I want to put into Room One Hundred One, Seb. Throw-ins. Okay. In their entirety, as a as a thing, I want them gone. So okay. Firstly, because one thing that grinds my gears, and it happened at least three times against Shrewsbury, is officials no longer penalise teams for foul throws. You can just do that kind yeah, of little yeah. thing, and I foul throws bug the crap out of me. I really hate it when referees don't award, you know, reverse the throw-in for. The, the team that's done a foul throw, I, that bugs me. It's a really easy decision to give. And I know they don't give them now because they don't want to embarrass footballers. But you should be embarrassed. If you can't be bothered to put the ball behind your head to throw it, then you deserve to be penalised and have the piss taken out of you by everyone. So if you're not going to enforce foul throws, then to me, a throw-in is, is, a, is a really low percentage way of giving the ball back to the team that's not to kick the ball out of play, if, if that makes sense. Because effectively, unless you take a quick throw, you're always going to be marked. It just seems to me that there's no advantage or there is no benefit in in receiving a throw in where the, where the other team has just hoisted the ball out of play. So to me, I think they need to introduce something different. Either there needs to be like a 10-yard or a 5-yard exclusion zone for the opposition so that it makes more sense, or just kick the ball back in. Do you know what I mean? I'd... What about the what about the likes of Ben Tozer and Rory Delap that made careers from launching balls into? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of sides use that as a genuine attacking weapon. Then more sh- than shame on them, I say. <laughs> okay, okay, if right. you if you win football matches by taking long throws, I mean, it's more shame on the teams like Ipswich who can't who, defend. Who can't it, defend yeah. it, 
And I get that there's some fun jeopardy with the long throw, and I do get that. But you're taking advantage of handball, aren't you? It's a legal handball. That's what you're winning by. And to me, that's anti the rules of the game. You shouldn't so what, gain so what advantage would you have to just, from... Just, just, just pass it straight back onto the pitch. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just, I'm sure this is a mode on FIFA, isn't it? Where you can have your own house rules and you can turn off stuff like throw-ins. I'm sure that's on there. Maybe you've been playing quite a lot of that. I don't. And, and so you it, wish to alter the the laws of the game that have been in yeah, place for hundreds of years? Okay. I don't. I I I think mainly because Ipswich are crap at them as well. I don't think <laughs> we've had any benefit. Even I can see Skips mentioning Knudsen. Even when Knudsen was in the team, we and his long throws, we made, we made no impact. With do, you, do you remember when he went straight to the World Cup and got an assist off it? Do you remember we'd seen him for like three years, absolutely rubbish at long throws. He went straight to the World Cup, and I'm sure he got an assist of it. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, it was a televised game as well. I watched it. I, I just think, A, if you can't if you can't enforce foul throws, then it's a free-for-all anyway. And I just think it doesn't... It, I just don't think it's... It gives enough benefit of the doubt for the team that hasn't just hoofed the ball out of play. I think you want a lower risk. It's, it's almost... It's, you know, the line-out in rugby, I think, is, is a different situation. In football, it's... I just don't think it works. And also to Terry Butcher's point on heading, I think it encourages that. Mm. Players can't control. Throw-ins are just rubbish as well. You, I, I've just seen Ipswich players just toss the ball straight at someone. It's like, control that. I just think there's something better than throw-ins. So I think if we remove them, then we find what they might be. Well, so if, if go. heading goes the way it might well go in the next few years, I guess they'd have to be be altered somehow you know if 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 all the the quotas for heading and training has currently been implemented and if things do move on that front then yeah they'll have to relook at that rule anyway wouldn't they that law anyway yeah and the other thing and I, i'm and a nick michael's michael's comment is going to be put on the screen very imminently because he's agreeing with me but towels next to the sideline so players can dry the ball off and all well, that's that just shithousery you know i don't oh, like it get rid well, of it didn't, didn't of Jim Jordan once have an argument with a ball boy about that? I'm sure he did when he was I managing. I thought that was extra, I thought that was multi-ball. Oh, was it? Okay, right, yeah, fair I enough. Think okay. it was about that. Okay. So let's see what I, I can see that there's a nice sideways chat about. So in your new uh, world, to replace the long throw into the box, could a player take a running boot and, and hoof the ball into the box, yeah, or possibly. does it have to be a little controlled ten-yard pass? Well, I I don't know. I haven't thought too much. Is it basically about a free it? kick off the pitch, and you can line everybody up, you can bring people forward, and you can whip the ball in? Just yeah, off the why touch not? Line. Why not? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't thought too much about it. I've this, the game isn't to replace something that you've or like bowling, really. like ten pin bowling. You could put those barriers up so when the ball looks like it's going out, it hits one of the buffers and comes straight back into play. There you go. <laughs> There's lots of different angles to. It's not. It's not my job to replace something. It's just my job to put it. All oh, right. It's put Make it in the, the decision and let somebody and else sort it out. Send it away so it's never, never thought of again. Yeah, okay. So there we, there we go. <laughs> um, let's go through the comments. Skip. When does book club start? Yeah, we, we, are, we have something in mind for that. Again, well, that's one of the irons in the fire. Um, Charlie D. I genuinely love a book club. Skip. There you go. You guys, we need to make a connection here. You guys can. There's a football book club that doesn't need us that I think you guys should start. I love this. Um, who you could fit the population of Andorra into when we stayed in this. <laughs> there you go. World Cup qualifying drives Charlie mad. Good shout. Um, Michael's making a recommendation. Get those sheep off the pitch by Phil Stanley. Life in lower league football. There's a book recommendation. There's something for your book club. Pre-qualifying says FPO attractor like Asia and Africa mm. do. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, 
Skip Tech, you know, Iceland used to be whipping boys. Didn't playing bigger teams help them develop to what they are now? Seb. It did, but not they were, but they weren't at the same level as San Marino and stuff, were they? Let's be honest. Look at them. Iceland were Iceland were the, well, the Christ, obviously <laughs> obviously Iceland beat us in 2016, didn't they? But they were never the San Marino level. Christ, you know these ones never get anywhere near a major tournament. If they if they finish with a point in the qualifying groups, they consider it a job well done. Seb Anti Minnow says ADRA HC. We, you need to tell us what to call you, Adrak or Adras. Um, I best send Seb on on holiday to Andorra. Yeah, you can get you know you see what you're missing out on. Um, more stuff on the books. I'm going to have to skip through that, guys, because we are running long on time. Um, brings in much-needed revenue to smaller nations, says Skip, to help them develop. And then on to the throw-ins. Uh, if we had no throw-ins, Gunnison would have been used. Oh, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> yep, exactly what we said. Great shout. FBL throw-ins are weird, but need a way of getting the ball back in play. That isn't a kick-in because then they turn into corners everywhere from the pitch. That's what mm. you're kind of saying, isn't it? Here we go. Sorry, Seb, you've been schooled by Rich. Don't need to read the rest of that. Don't need what did this say? Um, what team used to um here's Michael. What team used to open a gate into stand so the player could take a lot? It was Rory Delap at Stoke, yeah. wasn't it? Stoke, yeah. So there you go. And that's right, just leave the other comments off, you know, the ones that are supporting me, don't worry about it. I'm not seeing any of them. Um, Jules, Seb. Where? Where's Jules? I've not got there yet. Not got there yet. Give me a chance. Mind Hosting. games. No. Kick ins with no run up. Possibly <laughs> FBI track to Jimmy Joe and argue with everyone, to be fair, <laughs> including yeah. himself. Weird choices this week. The whacking <laughs> Seb says, Seabass, come on. Rich, your argument isn't convincing me. Jules, 100% agree with Seb. Anti throwing bold and brave. Let's do it, says Charlie D. Gary, I go with Rich's point, especially when players are not taking throws where they should. There's always the silliness of the referee pointing. But, it, and- but that works both ways. We do that. You know, our players will move a few yards up the pitch as well. And I, I agree the the second point though, and, and this is this is my point on throw-ins. There are so many infractions on throw-ins, not just foul throws, but to Gary's point, the referee last week was saying you take the throw in there. The Shrewsbury player or the Ipswich player, Dynastian's very good at it, would march ten yards and he'd and he'd let him. It's one of those it. rules, isn't it? It's one of those weird ones. It's like when the goalies Pointless. take longer than you know, when goalies start time wasting and never get booked to the 89th minute. It's like a weird, a weird rule they just seem happy to let go. It's it is strange. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that one. So there you go. So, I think to see Bass's point, weird, weird choices. Weird choices this week. This could be one of those fifty-one, forty-nine weeks, or maybe we get we get two votes because no one cares. Everyone thinks we're crazy. So yeah, so um, we might have we might be scraping the barrel. We might need to change the we might need to change the format of this of this. Maybe try and find something more positive. But anyway, we will put the vote out as always on our Twitter. Please um, give us your thoughts if you want to support Seb. Or if you want to support me, then feel free to do that. No mind games here. Obviously, you have your own choices. Just don't him. listen to him, piece of people. <laughs> don't right. listen to him. Drunk on power. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the music. So that is your lot, everyone. Thank you so much. If you've stayed with us for the duration, the longer term as the VIPs, thank you so much for being with us, for your comments, for your observations, for your questions, for your criticisms of our Football Room 101. We only do this show because of you guys. So thank you so much for joining us there. Um, Thank you to Seb for all of your hard work and research. We feel very much informed. And if you are traveling tomorrow to Cambridge, stay safe. 
and enjoy yourself. Bring us back. Have a great time. Yeah. Three points very quickly. Um, you can find us in the usual locations below. If you want to shout out before we say goodbye, now is the time to get that in the chat. Um, Seb, where can we find you on Twitter? At BrownS08. And Instagram while you're at it as well. Uh, Seb.Brown16, I think. And you can find me at IpsRich. If you weren't with us earlier, the flagship show is back on Sunday evening. We will be talking about Cambridge v Ipswich Town with Dave, Joe and me. And that will go out Sunday night, as I said. And we've got plenty of stuff coming up next week. There's a live show already available for you in the usual places as well with Craig and Joe. We'll also be reacting, I think, in kind of old kind of COVID lockdown style to Portsmouth v Ipswich midweek. Um, do you want to give us a prediction for that one, Seb, or not? We don't need to pre-match that one. That's... No, yeah, let's not curse that one yet. Okay, we, we'll ignore that one. But we might do a full-time reaction show straight after that. We'll let you know in the Twitter. That will obviously be on Tuesday night. Otherwise, we'll be back as normal on the Wednesday, but we'll let you know in good time. And next week's pre-match show for Fleetwood will be out Friday morning. It will be a pre-record, and we might have a special guest joining us as well. So keep a lookout on our Twitter for that. Seb, I will come back to you for the last word. So before then, let's go through the comments. Let's have a look and see what we've got. Hello to Skip. Great show as always. Thank you, Skip. Um, appreciate having you with us. Cheers to Gary. Thank you. And thank you to FBL Tractor. Brilliant prep. Seb's done a lot of the heavy lifting this week, so thank you for him. Skip asking about a Ben style watch along for Tuesday games. Ben might do that. I think we try not to do that. I think one of the other podcast channels might do that. And I think we probably prefer to keep our reactions to after the match anyway. So they're a little bit more considered. Plus I think we might run out of things to say. And so I don't want to embarrass ourselves for that. So we will do probably the kind of immediate reaction show straight after skip, but um, we will think about it. We have something we've thought about. Maybe we'll find a special occasion rather than, Portsmouth away to do that one. Uh, Charlie, um, thanks, Japs. Enjoy the game, everyone. Yep, here, here. Eric Clacton, wonderful pretty much. Thank you, Eric. Michael, great shows. All the best time for breakfast. Have a lovely breakfast. Sunny side up eggs, I do hope. Let's hope the team as well prepared, says FBI Track. So, yeah, hope you're listening, guys. We've given you all the danger, man. So, all the hard work is done for you. Uh, Jules, brilliant show as always, lads. Thanks, Jules. Um, how do I get a picture in a circle? You need to update your YouTube profile, Michael. So hopefully next show we'll see your nice smiley face there. Um, and um, special guest, is it Finchie says FBI Tractor? No comment, no spoilers. And Seabass, great stuff, chaps. Thanks, Seabass. Seb, I will hand over to you to sign us out. Have a great time, everyone that's going tomorrow. Get behind the side for the full 90 minutes and come on, you blues. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.